Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Mr. Obama? And have I ever shown you that, that Tumblr stuff? Mr. So. Obama, please, I don't want to die. <laughs> God, I love Tumblr I'm memes. Mr. Obama, please help me. I always just think of Mr. Police Man. Mr. Police? From, uh, from the snowman. The snowman. With, I always... with the titular character, Harry Hole. <laughs> His name is Detective Who Harry Who wrote Hole. that script and approved of that? Jake Paul. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jake Paul. <laughs> What's up, my Paulers? What's up, my Paulers? It's every day, bro. What it, do they have like a thing? Yeah, it's, it's every day, bro. Oh, every... I, I think it's just Jake Paulers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. I'm honestly not sure because I'm not one of them. Yeah, <laughs> clearly we're not. Remember, community, violating community guidelines are always like. Talk to yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my favorite. I miss you, Violet. I miss community you. Guidelines. Come back. But I mean, Brittany's busy meeting Pedro Pascal on red carpets. Bro. So. And she looks so good at the, the Mandalorian premiere with the buns and the white outfit. I never it was saw so it. good. You didn't see no, it? Oh, I don't she just posted her. them on her on her Instagram. Actually. I have this thing where I don't like following celebrities and I don't know why. Like I, I'll I'll look at their stuff uh-huh. and like I'll look them up and whatnot. It's not uh-huh. like I'm hating on them. It's just like, I don't know. I just don't want their content on my feed all the time. I like I like normal content. All my mm. friends and family, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like different or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. What's that girl's name? Debbie Ryan. Face? Oh my god. She's. He said I can't wear my Converse <laughs> with my dress. Not now, Demi baby. Lovato. Demi. Demi Lovato. <laughs> well, actually, no. I think uh, they changed their pronouns back to to she her. Really? From what I. What I oh, interesting! Yeah. Did you see that they she they mm-hmm. um had like a a little clip with the Scream Six cast? <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. They were doing like a promo. Oh, she can't miss the Scream Six. Oh, That'll be so fucking cool. Oh, oh, sorry guys. Oh, it was a call. She's getting a call. She's getting a call. All right. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. how are you? I am well. I'm well, happy the sun is out. Me too. Finally. I love, like, I was living for the little sprinkle of snow that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, the blizzard was really cute, but also it it's like, cute. we're in California. Like, be so fucking for real. Like, we're 25 minutes away from Palm Springs. Yeah. yeah let's, let's not do that. Oh, let's not <laughs> triangulate our fucking location. <laughs> There's a lot of things within, I didn't say what direction. That's true. East, never eat. Soggy waffles? Never eat soggy waffles. So the way that will I never digress. like be useful to me because I genuinely don't know like how to I, I wanna say this way is But remember East? like it, it changes on like what where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that that's a part that confuses me. <sighs> I so hope I never clearly... get stranded because I will literally kill myself. I'll crack my own neck. <laughs> clearly we're not outdoors people. No. So not even <laughs> Like, uh, Georgia and Karen will always talk about, like, people who want to go on hikes for the first date. Like, absolutely not. We're going to a bar. Not even I want to drink date. a Moscow Mule. I want to be in air conditioning. I want to bum a cigarette off a stranger. Mm-hmm. Yup. I digress. Only hot girls and they thems can bum cigarettes off strangers. And that's period. That. And that's not on that. I mean, not to say we've seen it, but we've seen it. <laughs> not to say we've experienced it, but. 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 The proof is in the pudding, babes. Period. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> All right, so lovely. Where are we going today? Where Where, where is Where is Where are our adventures? Am I going first? Yes, oh, you're paranormal. Ah, okay. Oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. Okay. I went for, I went paranormal last week. I went first last week, so you go first okay. this week. Let me let's give him a little 
a little swishy swishy of the what is this Co the today's cocktail is a lychee yuzu and lime concoction cheers to cheers. our fifth, 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 fifth oh yeah because the intro yeah cheers okay cool um all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. What are you talking about today? Um. Well, wow. my dearest, last week you took us on a boat. Okay. To Queen Mary. Um. This week I'm gonna take you somewhere equally as elite. Okay. And maybe just as cursed. We're going to the glitzy and glamorous neighborhood of Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. Gimme, 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 gimme. The way we didn't like practice that, no. we're just that good. We're just her mind. Her, her. <laughs> their mind. Okay, so we're going to Beverly Hills. We're going to Beverly Hills, babes. Where um, are we going? Like particularly, specifically. Uh, funny you should ask. We are going to the intersection of Whittier Drive and Linden Drive. Oh, okay. But first, let me give you a little bit, a little bit of backstory. Let me paint a picture, for please, you, if you will. On the set, the, the stage is set for you. The stage is set. Um, so the mythically gilded and beautiful Beverly Hills, mm -hmm. um, was actually not discovered necessarily because Los Angeles was already settled and established right. at this point. But um, in 1769, uh, one of the first people that settled in the area that's now Beverly Hills was actually the first governor of California, Gaspar de Portola, um, who was a Spanish military officer that led the Portola expedition in the years 1769 and 1770. Okay. And this uh, expedition resulted in the establishment of missions and cities like San Diego, um, Portola and his like little troop of of explorers, they actually set up camp in the area that's now Old Town San Diego. Oh, okay. And they also um, established the mission and the town of Monterey, Monterey Bay. Oh, Jesus Christ. You, I'm sorry if you guys can hear people in the background right now. <laughs> There's people outside the pub left. <laughs> Even though it's not a lot. There's a woman on the plane. There's a woman on the wing. There's, There's a colonial woman. On the Let's open the doors and get out. <laughs> oh fuck! I wanted to keep the door open, like to have like a nice breeze, since we can't turn on the fan. But now I'm like, oh, double thinking. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll we'll shop it. We'll see okay. how how the sound carries. Okay. Um. So yeah, this guy settled in 1769, and jumping forward a little bit, in 1880 and 1828, right. the land was actually settled by a woman named Maria. Rita Quinteros de Valdez Ooh. and her husband. Okay. Um, they owned 4,500 acres that they called Rancho Rodeo de las Aguas. So the ranch rodeo of the waters. Or like a uh, circle of the waters. Okay. Um, and Maria and her husband, they actually sold the ranch in 1854 to two men, uh, Benjamin Davis Wilson and Henry Hancock, who in turn, um, I know, Henry, Henry Hancock. Hancock. We love alliteration here. Yes. Um, and they divided the land into 75 acre parcels and started selling them to Anglos from Los Angeles and people on the East Coast. Okay. So. And um, later on, businessmen Henry Hamill and Andrew Denker acquired most of the land and they actually used it to grow lima beans. That's peculiar right <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've ever even had a lima bean yeah but i guess back in the days are they the like to grow in the family of edamame beans i think so because yeah. they're kind of similar they're like kind of like a flat like a classic flat, like, bean shape mm. and they're kind of like light are they in like the pod no 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 oh, they're okay. not in the pod but they have like a kind of like a shell individually oh interesting running. okay yeah um my mom likes to eat them like um like oven roasted oh with like seasonings oh just like a little like you kind of toast them like a have you ever tea? seen or read the book 
um, a bad case of stripes. <gasps> Where she doesn't eat her lima beans. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why she gets stripes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So anyways. Okay, so lima bean. Lima arms. beans. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the end of Beverly Hills, of course. Uh, <laughs> and then, that's what they're known Yeah, for. that's it. Just, they have really the real, big the mansions. The housewives of lima beans. <laughs> lima, it should be lima hills. Lima uh, hills. Not Ooh. Beverly Hills. That's kind of, like, cute. That's cute. Yeah. That reminds me of Glee. Never watched that. Love the memes about it. And there was, the look you just gave me. Um, I think it was like Lima Heights or something um, was like the name of their oh, interesting. of okay. their town, like the Lima fancy the fancy area of their town. I Love remember. that. Okay, uh, we're going to jump a little bit forward, not too much though, um, to the year 1900, okay. turn of the century. Um, a big group of rich old white guys formed a company called the Amalgamated Oil Company. And they actually bought the lima bean uh, farmland, okay. um, and their plan was to extract oil from the area, but they actually didn't find any oil. So in 1906, the same gaggle of white men reorganized, and they became the Rodeo Land and Water Company, and wow. they renamed the property Beverly Hills. I can't, I can't shoot them down for like not trying, like yeah. to go from oil and not finding anything to be like, okay, what Land what's next? Water. Yeah, that's that's what we got. That's kind of sure. a slave. Yeah, definitely. They made it work for them, honestly. Um, and they divvied up the land again, and they started selling lots again. Um, the name Beverly Hills actually comes from the neighborhood Beverly Farms in the town of Beverly, Massachusetts. Oh, and the hills, obviously, from the hilly nature of right. the area, obviously. But wait. But wait. Our old friend, racism, rears its ugly head. (laughs) And I'm sure you didn't know that Beverly Hills was one of many all-white land communities in the LA area at this time. It's not surprising given its nature. Now? Yeah, like its modernity. But yeah, that's that's not surprising at all. Disappointing, but not surprising. Disappointing, but not surprising. Exactly. Um, So restrictive laws were passed that prevented non-whites from owning or renting property in Beverly Hills. Unless they were employed as servants by white residents. Disgusting. And uh, the Jewish community was also excluded from the sale and rental of property in the Israel? area. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dead, dead serious. This is 19, 1900s now, so we're like 1910s. It's giving Nazi culture. It's giving... <laughs> <laughs> and that's that on that. Um, but enough about institutional racism right. in the housing market and lima beans. And lima beans. Let's get into the nitty gritty of the phenomena okay. that plagues a particular stretch of road Ooh. within this glamorous neighborhood. Ooh. So, the intersection of North Linden Drive and North Whittier Drive and the properties immediately surrounding these streets have emitted a mysterious energy field since the year 1946. Oh, fuck. It was on July 7th, 1946, that multifaceted business magnate and millionaire Howard Hughes, Ooh. who you may remember from the like 2005 movie with mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, right. the aviator, um, known at the time as one of the most famous civilian pilots in aviation history, and um, he was also a movie a movie guy. So oh. he had a lot of money invested into, I believe, with RKO Studios. Oh, okay. And he actually uh, produced and funded, I guess, one of the most expensive films of the time, 1930s war epic, Hell's Angels, that starred Gene Harlow, mm-hmm. who we know and love. And the film was uh, recorded over three years with a budget of $2.8 million. Wow. In 19... 19- I was going to say in that money, in like that... 
times money. Yeah, in 1937. I can only imagine what that is, like, in today's money. I can tell you. Yeah, I actually did the conversion I didn't want to put you on the spot. I did the conversion this time. So, $2.8 million in the 1930s amounts to $48,142,090. No, $48,142,298. Well, you know how, like, I can't wrap around like my mind around time yeah i feel like that number is too big for me yeah to like i can't around. imagine that many stacks of oh, money God, no. mm-hmm. amounting to that i would become a terrible person i'm gonna be honest yeah yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's what money does you can't have money and morals no absolutely it's one or the not. other man it's one of those things um so july 7th 1946 howard hughes decided to do his own test run of a new prototype plane that he had designed for the u.s army called the xf-11 and this plane was designed for photo recon missions Ooh, at the time because okay. drones obviously weren't a thing. Shut up. Are we talking about a plane? Yes. Ah! I literally, when you were like, oh, you took me on a boat and now I'm going to take, I was like, a plane. But I was like, nah. Like, I'm going gonna gonna to take you on a plane and then I'm going to take you in two cars. Oh, okay. Planes, trains, automobiles. The places we will go. The places we will go. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, um. July 7th, Howard Hughes departed from the Hughes Hughes Aircraft Company's private airport in Culver City, about 20 miles south of Beverly Hills, on the morning of July 7th. All was well for about an hour into the flight um, before a hydraulic leak caused the rear propeller to malfunction. Oh, no. And Howard Hughes, in his infinite cockiness, decided to keep full power on the damaged right propeller and reduce power on the left so that the plane wouldn't take off to the right oh if he just completely killed the engine right on the left side basically um he knew he wouldn't make it back to culver city so he attempted to crash land the plane at the los angeles country club which is just across the street from the beverly hills hotel okay but he gravely miscalculated the seriousness of the malfunction missed the course by about 300 feet and at 7 20 p.m the xf-11 piloted by howard hughes crashed into three houses on whittier drive Aww. The fire was so intense that it scorched the plane and one of the houses while seriously damaging the other two. Uh, how many casualties? Surprisingly, no casualties. What? This motherfucker lived. And nobody that was in the houses was injured. Are you serious? Now, let me tell you a little bit about the residents okay. of these houses. Please. Okay. Um, so according to the LA Times, an actor named Dennis O'Keefe saw the whole crash happen from his house at 802 <laughs> North Linden Avenue. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, what would you do? <laughs> exactly. He said that what alerted him was the sound of propellers flying at a very low mm. altitude. That shit freaks me out because sometimes oh, we'll same. Have, mm-hmm, like really low flying planes or helicopters and I can like feel it like jiggle my mm-hmm. room. And, and my I'm brain like, instantly goes, Donnie Darko? Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. And now... <laughs> Literally the first thing that always pops into my head, Donnie Darko. Oh, I'm like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 so, cool, cool, cool. So, have a sip really quick? Okay. Uh, okay. So, we're back at the, the crash site. Yes. North Linden Avenue. Uh, so, first, Dennis O'Keefe, the actor, again, was at 802 North Linden, and he saw the whole thing happen. The house next door at 803 North Linden Drive was the home of Dr. Jules Zimmerman, a dentist. Nice. And he had more than half of the roof ripped off of his house For in the sure. crash. Um, at 805 North Linden Drive, the plane's right wing sliced through the upstairs bedroom of Jerry DeCamp and his wife, Elizabeth DeCamp, just barely missing the couple who were in the room at the time. Holy fuck. Yeah. Talk about Final Destination. <laughs> For fucking real. But wait, it gets worse. Oh, God. 
The fire and the crash completely destroyed the home at 808 Whittier Drive, belonging to Lieutenant Colonel Charles A. Meyer, who was an interpreter of war crime trials in Europe at the time. Oh, wow. That's a title. And for real. And that's not all that the crash destroyed. Uh, One of the engines flew more than 60 feet into the air and tore a chunk out of the home of retired Swedish industrialist Gosta B. Gustin. Alliteration. I love it so much. Gosta B. Gustin. You gots to be Gustin. You gots to be Gustin, my ass. What do you mean? (laughs) An airplane engine is in my front yard. Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) And this was at 810 Whittier Drive. Okay. And you asked about casualties earlier, like I said. None. Unbelievably, there was no casualties. Howard Hughes survived the crash. Um, That's insane. Just barely, though. Oh, okay. According to Wikipedia, he suffered a crushed collarbone, a crushed chest, and a collapsed left lung, extensive third-degree burns, and shifting that moved his heart from the left side of his chest to the right side. What the fuck? He got fucking wrecked. That's insane. How did he live through that? How do you get your your chest crushed and you live mm-hmm. to tell the tale? Well, side note, mm-hmm. the man did have a pretty um, heavy opioid uh, problem. Yeah, there's honestly Howard Hughes and like his life. There's a lot of weird shit going on really? there too. There was a an incident with like a plane prototype that he had built maybe like two or three years before this crash happened, uh-huh. and one of the um, pilots that like test drove it like the plane crashed and he died oh fuck yeah i think it was him or like two other people so he's kind of cursed yeah he's he's kind of he's kind of big cursed um so that was the first horror okay of the the street and the following year Jesus. specifically june 20th 1947 okay also happened to be the day that notorious gangster bugsy siegel oh who we have to thank for developing early Las Vegas, mm. particularly the famous Flamingo Hotel. Oh, cute. Um, he was gunned down in the Spanish colonial home that he rented for his mistress and mob courier, Virginia Hill. Okay. Located at 801 North Linden Drive. Oh, fuck. Siegel was shot through the front window of the home by an M1 carabine rifle, killing him with two shots to the head. And the shooter was never caught. Through the house? Through the house. And you still get a headshot? They fired a total of five shots, three of which struck the wall behind him, oh. and two of which struck him in the head. Oh, wow. So and someone was watching him from across the street. The murder remains unsolved. Damn, dude. But you know what? Early 1900s, like, no murder. Gang life? Be- <laughs> yeah, dude. Nah, dog. Not gonna happen. Nobody was talking. Like, yeah. people don't talk now, but back in the day, that shit Nobody was like, was Um, And as of December 2022, the house has gone up for sale for the cool asking price of $16.95 million. Oh my god. Do you think they have a pod loft? I wish they had a pod loft. I, I should buy there. It. We should buy it. It's, okay. it's gorgeous. When we hit 100 followers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Dude. And then we're going to buy the alien vodka as the well. Alien vodka, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool. You guys heard it here. Okay. Where are we going to go to dinner for 100 followers? Uh, it's like a good restaurant. Tequila. We should go to Tequila yeah. again. That shit was bomb. Or booze hounds. And we have to take like big balloons. Yeah. That say like 100. 100. Yeah. You can be like, you're 100 years yes. old. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my body count, actually. <laughs> Celebrating the body count. <laughs> That'd be kind of iconic, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, so that's okay. two two incidents. Horrible incidents yes. on this on this stretch of road. And now we're gonna arrive at the third one. Shit. This is a near-death experience oh. of a singing duet, actually. Oh. So, 
Jan and Dean were a popular 1960s rock duo made up of William Jan Barry and Dean Ormsby Torrance. And they're considered pioneers of the California sound and surf oh, okay. rock um, that were popularized by your faves, the Beach Boys. Yay! <laughs> uh, two of their most successful songs include 1963's Surf City and 1964's Dead Man's Curve. Oh, which leads us to the main portion of this incident. Ooh. So, the song Dead Man's Curve tells the story of a teenager who's driving along Sunset and Vine when another driver challenges him to a street race. The lyrics trace the route taken by the teens, westbound on Sunset Boulevard, past North La Brea, North Crescent Heights Boulevard, and North Doheny Drive. I'm sorry, this just reminds me of that SNL skit. It's like, I'm going to take the 10 to the 210. To the 210, to the 405, <laughs> to the 605. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, apparently that's like a strictly California thing. Like Is other fucking really? states don't say shit like that. That's so fucking Like funny. they actually call highways like their the, the actual name yeah. or like interstate or whatever. When we just say the. Interesting. We just say the. We're going to take this 405 to the 210. Imagine being a new driver. <laughs> I remember being so confused by that shit. I was like, what are you talking about? That would kill a small Victorian child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to take the 205 to the 405 to the 605 and hopefully get on the 91 through Anaheim. My dad's going to listen to this and be like, the streets you're describing don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making all of those numbers up. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry. Okay. So, the North Whittier Drive curve is a nearly 90 degree right turn. That when you're traveling west on Sunset Boulevard, um, it's obviously on the right-hand side. Okay. And this is thought to be the Dead Man's Curve that's referenced in the song. Oh, interesting. And the song by Jan and Dean ends uh, with the singer recounting his story to a doctor after the accident. Oh, so, I want to hear the song now. Okay. We had to listen to it. Because uh-huh. I, I didn't listen to it. I just read the lyrics. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I, this is what I, I wonder like, that, what but... the vibe is. Mm-hmm. If, it, if they're talking surf rock, I'm like... Well, okay. Think like that gives... Crybaby, John Waters vibes. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. kind of what I picture in my okay. head. Um, so, what does this song have to do with paranormal yeah. spookiness on yeah. this road? Well, I'll tell you, Please. my dear Bailey. I actually typed that out. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on April 12, 1966, 25-year-old Jan Barry of Jan and Dean was on his way to a business meeting when he turned onto Whittier Boulevard southbound from Sunset Boulevard and while attempting to pass a slow-moving car, <sighs> crashed his Chevrolet Corvette Stingray into a parked car at 90 miles an hour. Oh my god. Paramedics who arrived on the scene believed Jan was dead, but upon checking his vital signs and seeing that he was actually alive, they rushed him to UCLA hospital. That's so scary. Yeah, it is. Jan was seriously injured. Uh, he had brain damage, partial paralysis, uh, limited use of his left arm, and he had to learn how to write and walk all over again. Uh. But he recovered and he was back in the studio the following year. Oh, wow. 1967. That's a fast turnaround. Right? Yeah. Uh, especially for the time. I feel mm-hmm. like the 60s, I don't think science was like quite no as advanced as it is no. now. So that's amazing. Um, early enough, Jan and Dean were inducted into the rock, the Hollywood Rock Walk of Fame. Okay. That's um, outside of the Guitar Center on Sunset Boulevard on Cute. April 12th, 1996. Hmm. Exactly 30 years after the, the crash. Instant. Wow. Did they like do that on purpose? No idea. <laughs> I just it That's just so happened weird. to be an eerie coincidence that it was 30 years to the day that that happened. Wow. I bet he's like oh. This is like 
it's replacing a bad memory with a good memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Jan and Dean actually continued. Um, oh, oh, that was my vape. Um, <laughs> Not the vape drop. Um, they continued collaborating musically until Jan's death on March 26, 2004. The Aww. results of a seizure eight days before his 63rd birthday. Aww, I know. He was an organ donor, though. So Aww. they donated his organs, which That's is really, good. really fucking cool. I'm an organ donor, are you? Yeah, yeah I am. Which is why sometimes I feel kind of bad that I smoke so much. I'm like, they're they're not like they can't terrible. use those. They can't fucking use those. But hopefully anything else they, anything can, else, please. they can take. And I have one last tale okay. from this area that is actually known as the Beverly Hills Bermuda Triangle. What? Yeah. That should be perfect. Cool. All righty. And Tell me about the fucking Beverly Hills Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Whatever that means. (laughs) For real. Um, So I just showed Bailey a picture. I'll post it in our our episode collage um, of the little stretch of road that it's on. And I want to include a little um, overview of, like, the curve Mm, that was mentioned in this. Like the map. Mm -hmm. Um, So the last bit of this story, um, arguably one of the most well-known deaths in the area, the 2010 murder of celebrity publicist Ronnie Chasen. What? I've never heard of this. This is a good one, dude. Really? Okay. Uh, Ronnie Chasen was born October 17th. 1946 making her a 19 wait what, what was October, the date October 17? oh she's a Libra okay yeah. ah interesting boom uh, for real <laughs> but I mean yay for like you know growing up in the fucking 40s yeah like that's probably that's pretty mm-hmm. gnarly yeah um she was born in she Kingston New York okay um and she actually began working as a publicist for her brother um and director Larry Cohen in 1973 Oh, that's cool. Uh, before she moved to LA to work in public relations on movies like Michael Douglas's Wall Street series and Driving Miss Daisy. Before, <laughs> right? With our boy uh, Morgan Freeman and I, I forget her, that. I forget the lady's name, I think Angela Salisbury or something. Um, before she started her own successful uh, public relations firm called Chasen and Co., which actually mostly represented um, film composers oh. like Hans Zimmer, who's done the Batman oh, wow. movies and Black Swan, and Mark Isham, who's done Point Break, Black Dahlia, and Warrior oh, as shit. part of his credits. That's cool. Um, and now the next bit of information I got mostly from this really great article on The Hollywood Reporter that is actually titled What Really Happened the Night Hollywood Power Publicist Ronnie Chasen Was Killed. And this was written by Gary Baum. Um, all right, let's, let's, lay get the, into let's lay the scene of the crime. Um, on the night of November 10th, 2010, Ronnie was driving home in her brand new black Mercedes-Benz E350. Ooh. Very nice. One of like the sedan, like the smaller, like lower cars. Really? Very, very nice car. Can I tell you something really quick? Yes. Every like major death that's happened, like in like serial killer, like history mm-hmm. is usually in November. Isn't that weird? Really? Yeah, Scorpio season. <gasps> Isn't that weird? Spooky. I know. And it's funny because you know how everybody talks about like the zodiac signs of serial killers? Mm-hmm. Scorpio is not one of them. No, they're mostly like, what is it? Um, um, Pisces, Virgo. A lot of Virgos. Yeah, a lot of Virgos. I, remember that one. I, I swear I saw like a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I, I feel like I'm missing something. We have to find that. Yeah, and we'll post it on we'll the. Because the, that's, that's funny slide. you mentioned that because I, I do remember seeing that not that long ago. It's like, that's odd but like they're always in november like that's great it's weird we'll have to do research on that too okay continue please um so she was driving home in her fancy car uh after attending an after party for the premiere of your favorite movie and mine burlesque oh (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a great fucking movie, dude. I love that movie. Speaking of Christina Speaking Aguilera, of Christina Aguilera, Aguilera yeah. um, so the after party was held at the W Hotel in Hollywood. Oh, sick. And she was on her way home at approximately 12.28 a.m. Four shots were fired <gasps> through the car's front passenger window, either as the vehicle slowed down or as it was stopped in the left turning lane headed west onto Sunset Boulevard, which would have led her to turn south onto Whittier Drive. 64-year-old Ronnie Chasen was struck by all four bullets. Two hit her in the chest. Another hit her in the upper right arm. And the fourth and fatal shot entered through her right shoulder and struck her heart. Oh. Yeah. That's a bummer. Um, unbelievably injured as she was, um, Ronnie's car rolled one-fourth of a mile down Whittier Drive before it crashed into a concrete light pole that fell over, crushing the front right end of the vehicle and expelling the driver's side airbag. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So... Neighbors near the intersection of, um, what is this, of Whittier Drive, again, the cursed intersection, Yeah. Um, they heard the gunshots and contacted the police, okay. but there was actually a higher influx of calls um, that came in once the Mercedes had jumped the curb and hit the pole. Oh, gosh. Obviously. Right. Um, when the police arrived on the scene, they discovered Ronnie slumped over um, in the driver's seat with the passenger side window shattered. Blood was dripping from her nose and chest, and she was making a gurgling sound from her mouth. Eyes wide open, but not blinking. I don't like that. I know. Me either. That was a visceral image. Right? Yeah. yeah like, it was It was really serious. Um, police couldn't find a pulse, and she was rushed to Cedar sinai Medical Center, where she was unfortunately pronounced dead at one twelve a.m. So this was, like, not even an hour that right. this had all taken place. Yeah. Um, equally as shocking as the murder um, was the fact that only eight months later, the Beverly Hills Police Department announced they had closed the case. What? Did they find the murderer? Well, they argued that impoverished ex-convict Harold Smith, who happened to be a black man, was responsible for Ronnie, a white woman's, death in a robbery attempt gone wrong. Typical. Harold Smith shot himself when authorities arrived at his quote-unquote Hollywood flop house two weeks after the murder. Mm, that's a bummer, dude. Mind you, what? There was no evidence that yeah, placed I was Smith like, what, at the scene. Like, why did they blame him? What's the there was what's the accusations? There was no evidence that he was at the scene of the crime. Ballistic evidence didn't prove that he shot her, and there was no known evidence to back up the robbery motive that the police claimed was the cause of Ronnie's death. Mm, gotcha. And according to the police, we pretty much just have their word on this because. <sighs> Oh yeah, it wasn't because it wasn't <laughs> confirmed. And um, the article I mentioned earlier, actually by Gary Baum for the Hollywood Reporter, he actually goes into detail and like oh, really? they actually found police records to like question the actual version of the truth that they were given. Really? Um. So the according to the cops, the gun that Smith used to kill himself was the same one that he used to kill Ronnie. <sighs> and that's just how like they said it. Like, oh yeah, that was the same. Oh, one. that's that on that case closed. Pretty much, yeah. For sure. Um, the whole situation is like one of those true crime cases that right. really creeps me out just because it's one, it's one of the areas in Los Angeles that has like the lowest crime rates, specifically really? because of the demographic of people that live right. there. Um, and you know, their social economic status. But also that, you know, this person that didn't have a car, mind you, he got around on a bicycle. Oh my god. <sighs> Yeah. Me off. <laughs> and the, the cops said that supposedly, like, their um, their theory was that a car 
or an SUV of some sort pulled up next to Ronnie's car and shot into it. So if this man didn't have a car and only had a bicycle, how would he have done that? He wouldn't have. That's bottom line. Exactly. Um, so that's that on that. If anyone wants to uh, read more into the murder of Ronnie Chasen, I highly, highly suggest the article, um, What Really Happened the Night Hollywood Reporter, Hollywood Power Publicist Ronnie Chasen Was Killed by Gary Baum for the Hollywood Reporter, published November 16th, 2016. Hmm. Six years and six days after the death of Ronnie Chasen. Oh, shit. And that's the Beverly Hills Bermuda Triangle, wow. baby. That that's kind of freaky. I wonder. She's rich. She's been hit by planes. <laughs> She's been hit by the mob. She's been hit by an innocent man. <laughs> by an innocent man. <laughs> Amazing. Damn, that's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, and wow. it's all like on those on those two I wonder, intersections of Wyndham and Whittier. If, have you ever heard of like ley lines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if like those lay beneath the you know, surface of the ground. Because those are two of the, or Whittier specifically is one of the oldest streets in Los Angeles really? as well. Yeah, like that street's been there for a very, very long time. We'll have to look more into that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Wow, I've never heard of that. Thanks so, for educating me today. Yeah, that's that's a little trip through the, the lap of luxury. The lap of paranormal luxury yeah. as well. Um, wow. If you guys would like to donate so we can buy um, the Bugsy Siegel house, <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. We'll start us a GoFundMe. Yeah, just HMU. <laughs> HMU, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a... It's We're going to start an OnlyFans. An but OnlyFans. no nudity. No. We're just going to be hilarious and adorable. Yes. And people will pay to see that. Yeah. We're going to do, like, like ghosts caught on camera. Yeah. But it's just going to be me, like, me. in a sheet. Yep. Like, 100%. rolling in my wheelchair down your street. I'm just going to, like, flip my head over with, like, my hair yeah, in my yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, stare at you in the corner. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> hey, it works for some TikTokers. <laughs> That's... No, it really does. It really does. I-, I was scrolling my live the other day, uh-huh. and it was like I think I posted it on Instagram. It was like um, the nun Balak from mm-hmm. the Conjuring series, and then like a clown and a couple sleeping, and like uh! the the nun and the clown are just standing like in the corner of the room. And it's like um, not blacklight, but when they do like the Night vision? nighttime vision, oh, yeah, dude. No. So it was like grainy green and black, like yeah. The other day, I was like about to go to sleep, and I was on Instagram. I don't know why. <sighs> I don't know why this happened to what? me specifically. <laughs> I, I came upon like a spooky like video and it wasn't like night vision, but it was like red and black like oh, tone. Gotcha. And it was one of my one of my biggest like irrational fears. What? Um when the shower curtains like not open all the way. So the shower curtain was like half closed yeah. in this bathroom, and then you're just looking at it, and then like this thing with like long fingers, no, like peeks over, it peeks over the the curtain, and it's like smiling. And I was like, "Why?" Nope. You said no night, Why? no night, night time for me. For re- it was like almost three in the morning too. I was just like, uh. "Of course, it was almost three in the morning." Like no, slams head and desk. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So wow. I didn't get up to pee that night. So <laughs> gives yourself a UTI. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I don't want to get snatched up. <laughs> All right, let me take a sippy sip. Quick sip of the hydro. Of das hydro. Das hydro. And I want to tell you a story. But let me. Yes, I'm so excited. You taught me last time to go to 90 so I can see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I'm actually going to go to 75 right now. Oh, girl. Because I want to tell you a story <gasps> about a thing. Oh, no. A monument, if you will. <gasps> we'll get into it. So, in June of 1979, a man going by the pseudonym of R.C. Christian approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Company with the task of building a monument. 
He said that no one was to ever know his true identity or that of the group that he was representing. He seemed to have like an endless supply of money to fund this project. And by terms of their legal contract, all plans had to be destroyed after completion and all information about him withheld from the public. Okay. So the Elberton Granite Finishing Company built what is now known as the Georgia Guidestones. <gasps> Bitch. <laughs> oh my God, this is going to be so good. Uh, you know, an enigmatic granite monument situated in Elbert County, Georgia. Lovely. Lovely. Um, also known as the American Stonehenge, the gigantic structure is almost 20 feet high and is made of six granite slabs weighing in total of 240,000 pounds. Whoa. So that's a lot. That's she a lot of pounds. Thick. <laughs> she thick as fuck, man. So the most astonishing detail of this monument, however, is not its size, but the message engraved on it, which states 10 rules for an quote, age of reason, unquote. Now, these guides touch upon subjects that are associated with a new world order, including massive depopulation, a single world government, the introduction of a new type of spirituality, you know, etc. And the guidestones basically describe the ideal world as envisioned by occult secret societies. So. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> the real new world order shit, bro. Oh my god, I'm so excited. The monument is, therefore, proof of an existing link between secret societies, the world elite, and a legitimate push for a new world order. Because, I mean, who put, like, who would waste all that money if not to, like, make a statement? Uh, the same people that funded the Denver airport. <laughs> so real. That's so real. <laughs> now that my brother lives in Colorado and I go to the Denver airport, like, frequently i'm like damn and it's it's ruined though because you want it to be all spooky and cool but they literally have ads like on their like walls that are like oh like follow us through the secret tunnels of the illuminati oh man that's no fun so they ruined it so anyways so here's a picture okay of the slab return the slab can you imagine like seeing that in person i feel like they're just so yeah i'm only five foot four so that would be that's like four of me yeah no literally i don't like that i don't like that either that's too big (laughs) <laughs> they are made of pyramid blue granite, beautiful, oh and the gor- the gorga, <laughs> <laughs> the Georgia guidestones are meant to withstand the test of time and to communicate knowledge on several levels. You know, philosophically, politically, astronomically, etc. Okay, it consists of four major stone blocks, which contain ten guides for living in eight languages. Can you guess any any of the languages? Um. All right, so first I'm assuming English. Bam. Um, Russian. Yes. Uh, Something Spanish? that you speak. Yes. French. No. Oh. Swahili. Oh. Hindi. <gasps> Hebrew. Arabic. Chinese. Russian. English and Spanish. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so right? that's kind of interesting. It's mm-hmm. primarily like Asian continent countries. Right. That's cool. Okay. A shorter message is inscribed at the top of the structure in four ancient languages. Um, Babylonian, Classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphs. Finally, somebody that speaks my language. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone who just gets me. You know? What if I open my mouth and it was just like wingdings? Okay, no. <laughs> I would be like, I'm so high right now. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, sorry. Anyways. 
So it is important to note that the last four ancient languages are of great importance in the teachings of occult mystery schools, such as the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians, which are organizations I will discuss later. Ooh, okay. Now, the four major stones are arranged in a giant paddle wheel configuration, which is oriented to the migration of the sun during the course of a year. It is also shown that the extreme positions are of the rising and the setting of the sun in its 18.6 year cycle. What the fuck? I know. The center zone has two special features. So first, the North Star is always visible through a special hole drilled from the south to the north side of the center stone. Oh. So like in a diagonal almost. What the fuck? And secondly, a slot aligns with the positions of the rising sun at the time of the summer and winter solstice and at the equinox. So, like, very pagan, like, rituals encrypted into this, like, new world order, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like new world orders are always kind of associated with, like, um, a more conservative worldview. Mm -hmm. And so to be using, like, pagan like mysticism kind yeah. of like it's it's surprising it is surprising right mm-hmm. now at the base of the guidestones lies an explanatory tablet listing some of the details of the structure and it also mentions a time capsule buried beneath it <gasps> but the t- the contents of this capsule even if it exists are completely unknown so we don't know <gasps> if it exists and we don't know if it's like what's in it what's about like who we still don't know who made it so it's like i feel like the contents the contents would be you know arbitrary because it's like yeah it doesn't really like make any sense True. regardless yeah so this is the stone in english oh okay oh, wow. so i'm gonna read these two let me <gasps> yes. make this a little bigger because this picture is not the greatest so first rule maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature okay okay secondly guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity which we'll definitely talk about that mm-hmm. um Third, unite humanity with a living new language. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Which, like, okay, shut tempered up. Tempered reason. Tempered reason. I'm like, what is this, the 1800s? <laughs> um, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Okay. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Which, of course, like, new world order. Avoid petty laws and useless officials, which I can... That we can give yeah. up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Balance personal rights with social duties, which... Eh. Eh, it says um, independent to me. Yeah, right? It says, like... Um, what's, it? What's, what's the, what's word, the word? word? What's the particular word I'm looking for? I know exactly what you're oh, trying fuck. to say. Like, conser- not conservative. Not the conservative. Um, oh, God. What is it? Everybody listening right now is like screaming. Well, I want to say it's something Aryan, like con- not a contrarian, but like a. Oh my god! <laughs> Fuck! I'm totally blanking. I'm it out. so blanking it out. Okay, we'll get back to it. Jesus. So, uh, second to last one is prize truth, beauty, love. And seeking all harmony with the infinite, which like okay, spiritual. okay, Boslerman, go off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, Mulan Rouge. <laughs> um, and then lastly, it says, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. So it says that twice, which I think is like weird. It's like, okay, you wanted to put emphasis on that, obviously. Yeah. Now, 
Holy shit, dude. Okay. As you can see, the guidelines call for a drastic reduction of the world population, uh -huh. the adoption of a new world language, the creation of a world court, and vague allusions to eugenics. Mm -hmm. and oh, words, I picked up on that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you said, oh, I got that. Thank you. I'm like, hmm, healthy. Right? <laughs> It must be nice. It must be nice. <laughs> the blueprint. This is the blueprint for a new world. This order. is the blueprint. This yeah. is the pink print, as Nicki mm -hmm. Minaj would say. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that the first commandment is particularly shocking. I mean, 500 million people. It basically stipulates that 12 out of 13 people on Earth should not exist. Damn. If you did the math, that would mean everybody in the world except half of India whoa yeah. dude if today's world population is 8 billion that is a 92.5 percent surplus yeah whoa <laughs> holy shit my face right now i know right Jesus. and the last rule of the guidestine guidestines guidestones um quote be not a cancer on earth leave room for nature leave room for nature is particularly disturbing because it compares human life to cancer on earth basically and with this state in mind it's kind of easy to rationalize the extinction of nearly all the world's population. Because if you believe that people are cancer, then like mm -hmm. you're like, wipe them out. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, massive depopulation is an admitted goal of the world's elite. And many important people have openly called for it. Fuck. It's kind of depressing. So in 1988, Britain's Prince Philip expressed the wish that, should he be reincarnated, he would want to be a deadly virus that would reduce world population. What the <laughs> Why would you say that? What? You're a monarch. <laughs> like, you already are a deadly virus. Too. It was like, and to all of my lovely people, I hope to fucking one day obliterate you. Obliterate you. you. Like, be so for real. How my did they treasured... not institutionalize him after that statement? <laughs> my treasured uh, people. <laughs> my treasured citizens. <laughs> my treasured Is Prince Philip the one that just recently died? Or is that the one that's I... taking the throne now? Uh... I don't know. And I don't care. Yeah. Oh, well. Ethan so Lynch. Bill Gates actually once said in recent times, quote, the world today has 6.8 billion people. So that must have been a few years ago because it's 8 billion now. Yeah. Um, he said that's headed up to about 9 billion. And that's not entirely wrong. wrong. He says, now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services and whatnot, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Like. What? He phrased that so much like more in a nicely positive way than yeah. than Prince Philip, but yeah. the sentiment is still the same. It's still the same, exactly. Yeah, because of all of those people that he's like, you know, counting out, counting out, very like, much eugenics. Yeah, he's yeah. he's clearly one of the ones that survives. Mm -hmm. So oh, that's creepy. Especially looking at this quote retrospectively after the coronavirus pandemic, it's kind of fucking scary. Yeah, dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but I don't want to get into that nah. because I feel like that's very um what's that place called QAnon yeah no and I'm not gonna do that I it would be an interesting thing to cover like yeah, QAnon yeah. but I like thinking about typing that into my search history Absolutely and not. then like everything becoming that I can't do that no and I remember M did a, a few episodes on it on mm -hmm. uh, and that's why we drink and I feel like they were exhausted by the end of it like mm -hmm. it was a lot and it's it's a current issue so I feel like it's even more like apparent in like our Ugh, psyche you know what i yeah. mean yeah it's like, still it's still very uh present in our in yeah. our psyche and it's uh 
I don't know if you have watched the HBO documentary, but mm-hmm. they did a two-part uh, docu-series on, on QAnon. Really? Yeah, it was really fucking good. Fuck, totally I should watch, watch that. it. Yeah, I think okay. it's called just like Q, the story of QAnon or something Oh, like I that. think I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was really, it talked that. about like Pizzagate and everything too. It was, really? Yeah, it was, it was cool. You oh, guys should watch it. Yeah. Okay. So. So the second rule, which is guide reproduction wisely, improving diversity and fitness <laughs> as we, you know. Diversity. Fitness. Diversity like and that. fitness, right? Um, it basically calls for the inference of lawmakers into the management of family units. And if we, you know, think critically, if we read between the lines, it requires the creation of laws structuring the number of children per family. And obviously improving diversity and fitness can be obtained with selective breeding or the sterilization of undesirable members of society that is known as eugenics as we discussed Ah. which is if you don't understand or like don't fully like get what eugenics means is um, defined as the practice or advocacy of improving the human species by selectively mating people with specific desirable hereditary traits it aims to reduce human suffering which is <laughs> by, quote, breeding out disease, disabilities, and so-called undesirable characteristics from the human population. Completely fucked up. Absolutely disgusting. And it was a huge practice in Nazi Germany, if that doesn't give you, like, the gist of it. And uh, wasn't our our homeboy famous aviator Charles Lindbergh a eugenicist? Was he? Also, yeah. Oh, God. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a, that a, was thing. a thing. So, um, unfortunately, also the founder of Planned Parenthood uh, was a, a eugenicist. Are you she had serious? some, she had some, Margaret Sanger, yeah. She had some, some pretty messed up views at the beginning, but uh, of Planned Parenthood's time. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm just kind of upsetting. Uh, evolved. Yes. Yeah. Which developed much more um, humane, humane, <laughs> <laughs> you know, morals, if you morals, will. or whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever. So, most of the other rules of the Guidestones basically call for the creation of a world government ruled by an enlightened few, mm. and these people would regulate all aspects of human life, including faith, social duties, the economy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, this idea is far from new. Mm-hmm. And it has been entertained by mystery schools of the occult for centuries. Oh. Someone named Manly P. Hall. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Manly P. Hall. <laughs> like what? Manly P. Hall. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, Manly P. Hall, <laughs> as we like to know him wrote in 1917 and this one's a long quote i'm sorry so when the mob governs man is ruled by ignorance when the church governs he is ruled by superstition and when the state governs he is ruled by fear despite statements to the contrary masonry is a religion seeking to unite god and man by elevating its initiates to that level of consciousness whereon they can behold with clarified vision the workings of the great architect of the universe Weird. That's fucking spooky. <laughs> I just made my stomach hurt. From age to age, the vision of a perfect civilization is preserved as ideal for mankind. In the midst of that civilization shall stand a mighty university wherein both the sacred and secular sciences concerning the mysteries of life will be freely taught to all who assume the philosophic life. Here, creed and dogma will have no place, the superficial will be removed, and only the essential be reserved. So... 
What the fuck? He says that in a book called The Secret Teachings of All Ages. Oh, okay. So if you guys want to look into that more. Oh, what the fuck? That's really eerie. Right? I don't like any of that. Any of it. Like, it was no. very eloquent, but I hated every it second It gave me, of like, it. a pit in my stomach. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. But, like, that's what, like, the, like, the essence of the Georgia Guidestones is, like, bad vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, in case of emergency, pull here. Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> For a good time call. <laughs> For a bad time call. <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. Since the monument's erection on March 22nd, 1980, numerous authors and researchers have attempted to interpret the, na- the rationale behind these TED guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, do they consist of a blueprint for a new world order? Are they simply rules to apply in case of a major catastrophe? Mm-hmm. And the best place to obviously get an accurate answer is from the authors themselves. However, since they did choose to remain anonymous, it is impossible to do so. They did, however, leave an all-important statement which has been overlooked by nearly all researchers of the Guidestones. This text, which describes their motive in great detail, can only be found in the Georgia Guidestones Guidebook, a pamphlet produced by the Granite Company, which, you know, erected the monument. Okay. From the start, it is obvious that the authors of the monument do seek the creation of a new world order, and it's not a conspiracy or a hypothesis. It's, like, it's genuinely what they want. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, (laughs) So here is... Directly from the pen of the secret authors, the explanation of the ten rules of the Guidestones. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm creeped out already. Okay, let's go. So, quote, It is very probable that humanity now possess the knowledge needed to establish an effective world government. In some way, that knowledge must be widely seated in the consciousness of all mankind. Very soon, the hearts of our human family must be touched and warmed, so we will be welcome a global reason fuck i fucked that up so we will welcome a global rule of reason so they're trying to be like once you guys like understand where we're coming from you'll get it you'll want this the new world order yeah like so nonchalant like once you guys come around to the idea i hate it oh they're so casual about it they're so casual (laughs) now they continue to say the group consciousness of our race is blind perverse and easily distracted by trivia when it should be focused on fundamentals fuck off we are entering a critical era population pressures will soon create political and economic rises through the world these will make it more difficult and at the same time more needed for building a rational world society so yeah what the fuck dude it's really fucked up it's really fucked up and there's like a whole page of it but too high for this too high for this and also this is like it's just like i don't want to think about it because it's so fucked up like the the writing is somehow so eloquent but also sounds like one of those ai bots mm-hmm. wrote it very and, much that. and that like in, sort in of, of detachment from from like, like genuine humanity from yeah from like understanding humanity mm-hmm. like it's unsettling all right, sorry to end that so abruptly, guys. My mother was in the backyard with my dog. With Beeble! With Beeble! The, the pod dog. The pod dog. Yes. And he was not being pod dog energy. He was running around <laughs> causing a ruckus. He was getting naked. He took his sweater he, yeah, off. Yeah, he took his little sweater off. He's being a little naked. He was baby. whipping it across the yard. Crazy. <laughs> now, the last thing that I'll say about this conspiracy is that 
they talk about how it's difficult to see wisdom Mm -hmm. in closed human minds Mm -hmm. okay um how do you feel about that what if what if let me play quote devil's advocate for a second i know me uh me like a fucking neck beard in a political (laughs) science class (laughs) but like what would you do if this all happens and it actually like not not the eugenics things i'm just purely talking about like some kind of new world order Mm -hmm. um just like a new democracy or some kind of like new form of government was to happen and it like makes lives better like then what how would you look at the world from that like perspective of knowing like oh we turn our backs against this shit and like we should have done it from the start oh man right isn't that hard to think about but it's easier on like these kind of conspiracies because this is so like preposterous that it's like shut the fuck up like yeah. get laid yeah <laughs> it, it, it just really gives big denver airport this is incel vibes. with like too much money yeah 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 there's, yeah there's that. probably somebody that made when were these built you said um or like commissioned 1980 okay yeah okay so that would that would kind of check out yeah. that like you know the eighties was a big. They were time on too much like... coke. Yeah, March twenty second, nineteen eighty. They were probably. Oh, on that's too like much we're coke. like two weeks away from that. Oh shit! Nice. Cool. That would be something I would love to visit. Yeah. Like, just to see them for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if you know what though. Um, what? they were bombed <laughs> last year. <laughs> I did not know that. I mean, rightly so. I'm pretty sure it was either like last year or the year before, but really? they they got bombed. Oh, and cool. one of the stones fell, and then they they all to, toppled. Yeah, they had to knock them over. Right. Yeah. Cool. So they're they're gone now, unfortunately. Wow. But that's I would love to stare st- at the I don't think there's that there's that they were planning. I don't think that they've said anything about like who really they were like, like oh, did the fine. bomb though. Yeah, <laughs> the government was like, no, nah, it's good. <laughs> like, we're just gonna tuck that one away yeah. for later. It's like the Area 51 hills of grassy establishment. of grassy knolls yeah. <laughs> grassy knolls yeah. that's bizarre though yeah. i i don't i don't, I don't like, like it that. i don't like that i'm dude. glad it's gone so now it doesn't like continue to be a thing it gives real like truther vibes energy yes like really really mm-hmm. hardcore that's why i like wanted to like touch on the issues but not like get too into them because i feel like like each section is controversial in its own way yeah and it's like how do you how do you cover something so fucking terrible yeah without being like so incendiary yeah yeah that's that's fucking weird yeah man. dude i don't know i don't know if it's one of the like this kind of reminds me of um like the english version of like that ancient like manuscript that mm. they found somewhere in like europe that's supposedly like the devil's right like, the devil's book, handbook, handbook or bible yeah. or something yeah. like that and it's like it has supposedly this book has like all kinds of weird like codes mm. and shit in it really and it's from like you should do a story times, on it so like they supposedly like some people are like oh yeah this is like instructions for like how to end the world or how to save the world or <gasps> oh like so, all kinds of like weird shit i should i should i was gonna say that's what they though. talk about this too is like this is like supposed to save us from an apocalypse that's or like so how funny. to rebuild a government from but it's like they, we can learn that like from philosophy we can learn that from the republic by plato like we're good Thank the part you. that's confusing to me is they're like oh like a world court 
But I'm like, isn't that kind of already a thing like the yeah, United Nations? Yeah. But not every in, in, country is in the United Nations. So I feel like they're like talking about like everybody is required to participate mm. in this okay. court of the world. Very like um, Austin Powers and Dr. Evil, <laughs> exactly. like in that big room with the big yes, table. Yeah. Yes, that's all that's the what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Yes. That's what I'm feeling right now. Okay. Yeah. That's fucking bizarre. It is fucking bizarre. So that was the Georgia Guidestones, guys. Is it a New World Order? Is it or is some it guy just that an did incel? Too much coke and was really <laughs> inceling. Or is it um, Patrick Bateman, <laughs> a guy in the eighties with too much money and too much coke and too much coke? Patrick yeah, and t- yeah, and too much money. Yeah. That, wow. Yeah, you really, you really hit the nail on the head. Or what if it's Bill Gates? Bada bing, bada boom. That's kind of powerful to think about, actually, because he was a literal quote that I used. I was gonna say, yeah. He's wow. he is one of like the wealthiest, most yeah, influential 100%. people of like all time. That's still living. That's still living. So yeah, because 1980. How old would he have been? Hmm. Probably like in his early like. I would 30s think or yeah, 20s, right? or probably early twenties. Yeah, Damn, that, that's dude. a weird. That is weird. That's bizarre. All right, guys. Well, that's that on that. Those are the those Georgia are... Guidestones and the and the Beverly Hills, Hills Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. Triangle. Love it. Those are those are some really good stories. I think I, I I liked this episode, and I like that we surprised each other with our stories. Yes, stories. yeah, that was yeah. Fun. This was we should do this more. Often. Yeah, okay. that was that was fun. That was fun. Ah, I love it. I love it. Okay. All right, guys, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Instagram. on Twitter, O A G K podcast, and make sure to follow on Spotify or like the Anchor. actual podcast. Yes, please. Yeah, please. So shout out to our one new uh, follower. follower from last week. Thank you so you? much. Stay beautiful, <laughs> whoever you are. <laughs> thank you. Thank you too much. Thank you. Um, yeah, tell your tell your friends, tell your family. Tell your New World Order homies. Yeah. Tell your aviating homies. <laughs> Howard Hughes, Harry Hole. <laughs> <laughs> what was the the one oh the Henry Gosta Oh Gosta Gusta Gosta be Gusta or something? Yeah. Gosta be Gusta me. <laughs> All right, that's enough. All right, see we you gotta next go. Week. Bye. We're gonna go smoke some weed. Bye. Love you mean it.